You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my always lovely other half, Dr. Jess. I'm not so lovely today. I think you're lovely. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that for brownie points. You're hot. You're being sarcastic. Oh, I'm nice to look at. That's not what I meant. (laughs) I meant I had a bad attitude. (laughs) Oh, you got some bad attitude already. You got a bad attitude. Yeah. But you hot. It's been a day. It has. I have to say, so I had such a wild day today. It was a, a bit of a rough one where I started with a live shoot and our internet went down and I pissed off the live audience <laughs> and a whole bunch of other things went down. Not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but then I had therapy. So I just talked to my therapist, Carla, and I feel, I don't know, like nine notches calmer. Well, that's great. Yeah. I went upstairs and banged my head into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what, it sounded like you were working out. No, I was doing my own. Yeah, I did. I did some calisthenics. Mm, okay, so you did your workout. I got my therapy, and are you feeling calmer? I always feel calmer after I am physical. Oh, I, I thought do. you were going to say you feel calmer after I go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel better when you have therapy. No, yeah. I feel I feel better. All right, sure. you've got your outlet. I've got mine. Uh, we're going to be talking about erogenous zones today. Hopefully, we'll get into some erotic massage techniques. We have a question about exes. Before we dive in, I want to say thank you to Oh My G. So they are our sponsor today. This is a super quiet toy by Ioba that massages the G zone internally with this come hither kind of swirling motion. It's really, really cool. So if you picture a dildo with a nice kind of C-shaped curve to it so that it gets really nicely into that G zone. And at the tip of it, it has sort of an elongated pearl the size of a chocolate covered almond at the inner end and it curves and pulses at all these varying speeds and I like the lowest speed like slow and sensual but you can turn it up if you like more intensity and it's nice and quiet it's made of body safe silicone and you can check it out on my reels on Instagram if you want to see how it works or you can head over to iobatoys.com so I-O-B-A iobatoys.com and use code Dr. Jess to save 30% off this week. And yeah, it's a really cool toy. I haven't had any toy like this. So very, very cool. I thought you were going to say, I like the slow setting and Brandon likes the the fast setting. (laughs) Well, you might like it fast on your balls. I don't know. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. It is that video that you posted about it. Whoo. That was awesome. Yeah. I love it. Now on to something else. I have some very exciting news. Tell me more. (laughs) Thanks, Charles. (laughs) Sorry, I thought you were monologuing. (laughs) Okay, so I have some very exciting news because I'm going to be hosting a new show. I've partnered with TSC to launch Intimately You with Dr. Jess. And this is a 12-part series that will be airing on City TV Friday nights at midnight starting next week, May 14th. And it's all about sex and pleasure. And it features a rotating roster of really great guest experts. Experts. We have Luna Matadas joining us. We have Shamira Howard and others. And we're diving into topics related to sex, pleasure, relationships. And every show features a sexual wellness brand. So we have Lilo, we have Womanizer, we have Love Honey, we have We Vibe, we have Romp, we have Arc Wave, we've got High on Love, we've got all these cool products. So we're going to feature 
information as well as some really cool products. And each show has a different theme. So we're starting with full body orgasms for show number one, moving on to sexual communication for show number two. And what's really cool is they've collected questions from across Canada. So we're going to be answering viewer questions with, with our experts. So pretty excited about that. And if you do miss the show on City TV, Fridays at Midnight, you can catch it on tsc.ca. That's awesome. I'm very excited because I have been unable to catch the behind the scenes that I normally do. Like if you're shooting, sometimes if I show up on set, I can see what's happening. And because of the COVID restrictions, I'm unable to go. So I'm very excited to watch it this Friday. Yeah. And it's so cool that we have a show that's, you know, about pleasure, but also about sex toys. Actually featuring sex toys on a mainstream network like City TV is so cool. So yeah, very cool. Uh, So please tune in, uh, send me your questions if you've got any, and we'll do our best to answer them. And again, you can check it out at tsc.ca if you don't have access to City TV or can't make it live. Shall we begin? Yeah. So you know what? Before we get into erogenous zones, I want to answer one of these listener questions. So somebody writes in and asks, ooh, this is a good one. I thought this one was interesting. I want to invite my ex to my wedding because we're still friends. And they added that they've canceled their wedding twice because of COVID, but it's actually going through this summer. My partner says he's totally cool with it, but his mom and his sister are saying that I shouldn't even be friends with my ex and that it's a bad sign. Yada, yada, yada. What do I do? Do you want my answer? You look straight over at me. Yeah. Whose wedding is it? I guess it's this person's and her partner's. Exactly. So, I mean, for me, I I, I think back to our wedding and maybe I'm... (laughs) I wasn't as involved as I think I wish I had been in terms of the organization and the planning and all that. I mean, at the end of the day, you did everything. No, and I, man, I didn't do anything. It just planned itself. Did it just plan itself? No, well, it, it went really, really well. <laughs> um, but even though I wasn't involved, I think that we, first of all, your side, your mom was so accepting of whatever we chose to do. And I know that there were certain people perhaps that we should have invited or, you know, there, but it was just like, whatever you want to do, you do. And I really, looking back, I really appreciate that because I felt like it really was our wedding. Well, I think this came up when the royals got married. Harry and Meghan, one of them or two of them, I don't know, wanted to invite an ex to the wedding. And it was this whole hoopla. And it's so weird because if the people who are getting married are comfortable with it, why are other people interfering? And why can't you be friends with your ex? So I'll be honest, I'm actually not friends with any of my exes. But I understand that some people are, right? Like love isn't finite. You can love your partner and you can love your friends and you can love your family. And just because you break up and you're no longer involved in like maybe a sexual way or a romantic way doesn't mean you can't be involved in a platonic way or another type of loving way. So it's, it's funny because I was on an Instagram live this week and we were talking about, you know, the, the host was asking me if you could be friends with people of the opposite sex. And so I am equally attracted to kind of all genders. So to me, it's not about whether you're a man or a woman or non-binary or whatever you may be. None of those is more of a threat to the relationship than the other because they're all, I mean, I don't see them as a threat. I don't think you see them as a threat. No, I definitely don't see them as, as a threat. And when we first got together, I would say that some of your best friends were of the opposite sex. And I didn't have, I didn't think twice of about it. Oh, let's go back to that though. Do you remember that when I was going to see my buddy in Ottawa, yeah. your parents said something? Yeah, my parents, I didn't say anything. I thought your friend was great. I liked them. Thought they were a really nice person. So when you said you were going to go, I didn't care. But yeah, no, my parents said something. What did they say? 
I don't even remember, but it was, wasn't it something, it was essentially, it was a passive aggressive comment, kind of like a, aren't you worried about it? Or yeah, isn't that, I sh- that weird? Or? Yeah, I, that I shouldn't be going and staying with a guy friend. And I immediately thought to myself, well, well, I don't know why you're making it a thing when it's not a thing. I mean, I didn't think anything of it. And, you know, reflecting back, I might've thought about it at the moment, but I didn't think anything more about it after that. But it's somebody else made me think about it. It was somebody else's insecurity permeating in, into my relationship. Yeah, and sorry, it's not just an insecurity. It's a judgment, Yeah. right, when they're doing that. And, and when we go back to this question of an ex, you know, an ex isn't only your ex. They're, just, they're a person. Like, they might be a friend. They might be a member of your community. They might be a colleague. So if they're important to you before you get married, chances are, and hopefully they'll continue to be important to you after you get married. Like, do we really want a wedding to detract from your other relationships? This really, to me, you know, is underscored by toxic monogamy, this notion that like, I've got this finite amount of love. It's one particular type of love. One love is more important than another. You know, there are plenty of people and people may not like this concept, but there are people whose love for their friends is in some ways maybe more intense or more fulfilling for them than the love for their partner. Like there's nothing in the rule book that says your love for your partner has to be above all else. I mean, I'll admit there is no one else in my life that I love and connect with in the same way as I do with you. But that's just my story because I have friends who feel really differently. I see people who I feel care more for their friends than they do their partners. And as life changes, I wonder how that fluctuates. I feel the same. I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel very lucky to have you. I feel like you really are my best friend. You're my confidant. You're my partner in every respect. And then there's the sex angle too, (laughs) which I really, (laughs) I love, right? So getting super awkward here, but all of these things are the best like for me. But then I look at other relationships and I just think to myself, okay, great. So you're closer, you're with your friends. That's cool. Like whatever works for you. Yeah, and you know, opening up on this podcast and talking about our own lives is still a relatively new experience for me, right? So I've you know been in this field a long time and for 10 years, I didn't really talk about myself. And then since you started co-hosting the podcast with me, I, I just feel a little bit more comfortable opening up. But I've always had this fear that when we open up about our personal lives, it's going to be held up to some specific standard. They're going to say like, oh, I want what they have or it's meant or somebody might interpret it as aspirational. And I don't think it needs to be like, I don't, first of all, I love, (laughs) I love you. I love life. I love our relationship, but I don't think everybody wants a relationship like this. And so, yeah, I never want to share something about our lives like the way you just described, you know, being my best friend or me being your best friend. You're not my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we know that. (laughs) No, I'm just teasing. And somebody to say, well, I don't have that, but you don't have to have that because there's all these different sources in life from which you draw fulfillment. And I can even speak to the fact that I don't feel that fulfilled right now. Like at this moment in my life, because of the pandemic, I feel a little unfulfilled. And it's it's not because of you. I'm not going to look to the relationship and say, oh, there must be a deficit in Brandon or in our connection. It's not that. It's just that honestly, I miss my work. I miss my regular work. I, I miss the adrenaline of almost missing a flight. I miss the adrenaline of getting on stage. I miss making people laugh. I miss like messing around. I miss having a glass of wine at the end of the night with strangers and then leaving them in the morning. Like all (laughs) (laughs) the way that you just said. Yeah. But no, I I, I get what you're saying. And and you know what? Even in this context, I feel like we're having a one-on-one conversation here, but I wouldn't be upset if you were to say to me right now, like, I'm not 
feeling 100% in this relationship. I, I don't know that I would take it personally because I feel like there are so many elements in our lives right now that make us feel or like make me feel less than as great as I felt before. And I'm talking pre-pandemic because pre-pandemic, our lives were just like a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. We were constantly bouncing around, working a lot, but you know, work had us in different locations and I miss that. Mm -hmm. So if you were to say that now, I, I feel at least at this point where I'm not going to take it personally enough where I, I feel like, okay, like I get that there are things to analyze here. Well, there's a piece there too where I don't think I'm asking you to fulfill all of my needs and I don't think you necessarily feel the pressure to. I definitely don't feel the pressure to fulfill all of your needs. Like I'm used mm -hmm. to you kind of fending for yourself and we got a little off topic here. Yeah, big time. But, uh, you know, when we go back to weddings, weddings, you know, they're not just about two people. They have a history of representing kind of the union of families and social groups and this shift toward love marriages is still relatively new when we consider human history. And so the people that you care about, it makes sense that you want them to be a part of the wedding. And if that includes your ex and they're a part of your life, I say go for it. And I hope you feel supported. And it sounds great that your partner is also supporting you. So yeah, that's really that's awesome. Yes. All right. Shall we chat erogenous zones? Tell me, let's just dive right in with you. What are your erogenous zones? Don't say your penis. Oh, that was my only answer. <laughs> <laughs> so other than the obvious parts, my, certainly my nipple. But it's only one of your <laughs> Yeah, nipples. it's only one. So I feel kind of weird by just saying it. So it's just one. It's a mystery nipple. No one gets to know which one. You got a 50-50 chance. It's the left or one. you got a 30-30-30 chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's the left one, right? I don't know, is it? Well, just tell me, what's the difference between the left and the right? Like I don't know. There's just a sensitivity. So... Yes, that is definitely an ero I feel weird disclosing it here. So yes, that is an erogenous zone. What do you like done to that erogenous zone? Really? That's where we're going to go here? Yeah. All right. Licking, sucking, no flicking. Not a fan of the flick. Okay. <laughs> For most body parts, just side note. Okay. Where else erogenous zones? It kind of depends on how I'm feeling while we're having sex or what we're doing. Because there have been times where, you know, you've touched my inner thigh and I like, really feels great. And then there have been other times where I haven't liked it at all. So mine, other than like three or four spots that generally turn me on, there's the other spots, like whether it's the back of my arms, my neck, the sensitivity of my skin is kind of really based on how I'm feeling. How about you? I think that's a good point. Yeah. So I just want to back it up before I answer you. So when we say erogenous zones, we're just referring to areas of the body that, you know, we associate with pleasure or sexual excitement or arousal. And the whole body is a big potential. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Erogenous zone. Where am I going? You're going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, you're going to go, my erogenous zone is my brain. Nope. It's my brain. No, no, I'm not. No, I like having my tummy touched a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I really like having my stomach touched, um, my cheeks, definitely. My hands. And I want to talk about some erogenous zones that maybe people haven't explored. So when we talk about erogenous zones, we don't mean that they're necessarily a direct path to orgasm. Uh, and actually, I'm glad I'm talking about this because we will be talking about full body orgasms on our show on Friday night on Intimately You with Dr. Jess. But some of these areas aren't going to produce orgasm, but if you touch them as you lead up to orgasm, what will happen is you'll feel 
a tingle or you'll feel sensations or you'll feel contractions or you'll feel something in that area once you finally reach that peak of arousal. So one area that tends to get ignored is the face. And I thought I'd start with the suprasternal notch. So this is a really highly sensitive area. You don't want to apply much pressure here. But this is, you know, I said the face, but I was lying. <laughs> it's just below a, the just face. Just a little below the face. Just a little below the face. One area of the face is the filter. So the entire face can be super sensitive to touch. And if you've ever had an orgasm where your face tingles, I know you know what I'm talking about. But the philtrum is, it's derived from the Latin word for love potion. And it's just that sensitive groove right at the center above the upper lip. So that little kind of groove between the nose and the lips. Now, again, are you going to like rub your penis on that and have an (laughs) orgasm? Probably not. (laughs) But if you just kind of use the backs of your fingernails or kiss around that area, it can be really sensitive. Another spot that people tend to ignore is the suprasternal notch. So this is just below the face on the neck and it overlies the airway. So you have to be really careful with it. So it's at the center of the neck, just above the collarbone. So if you reach and feel your collarbone and you know how it kind of connects in the middle, right in the center there. So if you can kind of just kiss along the collarbone with your lips and your tongue and then maybe breathe gentle, warm air over this indentation, it kind of can just arouse their interest. And then working your way down, you can play with the sides of the chest. I think that's a part you like a little bit, right? Yeah, I do like the sides, where my um, just underneath my arms, mm-hmm. just down. And actually, uh, you're talking about the sides. I also like the side of my neck okay. touched. Because as you're sitting here describing these body parts, I'm just gently touching them and I start realizing the sensitivity. So anyway, I'm enjoying this podcast so far. So please continue. You keep going. You keep going. You do you. I mean, obviously the belly button is one that's been kind of long associated with sexuality. It's kind of our giver of life. It's rich in nerve endings. It's been painted as both kind of visually and tactilely erotic because its exposure has been banned as indecent in dress codes kind of across the globe as a testament to its taboo sexual associations. And you can kind of just play around the edges of the belly button, stimulate the shallow part of its groove, or you can put a little bit more pressure. You're making a face. No, I'm not a belly button, but I think I'm not a belly button erogenous zone person, but I think it's more my own insecurity. Like I just associate it with, no, honestly, I I just associate it with my abdomen. I don't love being touched. And I think it's because... I'm always being told like, you know, you should have a six pack ab or something like that. And it's over the years, it just made me feel uncomfortable when somebody touches my stomach. But you do have a six pack. I've got a four pack. Okay. Three and a half, three and a half. I've got a three and a half pack. I've got a one. (laughs) Does a belly button count as a pack? Yeah. Yes. It's one of the six. I kind of love all tummies. Like I've always loved tummies of all kind of shapes and sizes. I like like round bellies. I like my belly a lot. Like I love my, I have a really long belly button. Yes, you do. You like fill it with water and put a toy Uh, boat in it. (laughs) Okay. That's a great example. But yeah, no, I think the abdomen for me is just something I need to get comfortable with. So I feel like it would be something I need to like allow happen and then really enjoy it rather than fixate on how I'm uncomfortable with it. Well, I think that's, there's a couple of good points that you're bringing up here. One is that we have different needs, right? So I'm talking about erogenous zones, but they're obviously not universal, right? Not everybody likes the same thing. Not everybody likes the same thing on Tuesday that they like on Wednesday. So I love having my abdomen touched. I find it very, very intimate. I hate when, you know, you're out and somebody puts their arm around you and touches my abdomen. To me, that feels like such 
violation? An incredible or? violation. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's very, very intimate. I only want it touched when I want it touched. Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand, don't like having yours touched. You bring up the fact that some of us avoid pleasure in our bodies because we have so much shame around them. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a whole other conversation about body liberation and finding joy and giving ourselves permission. And and the belly button, of course, leads down to the treasure trail, which is the path between the belly button and the pubic mound. It can be really, really sensitive. I actually wish we spent a little more time on that area rather than reaching straight down there. As you go farther down, we, of course, have the perineum, the gooch, the taint, the chode. This is the space between the scrotum and the anus or the lower vulva and the anus, depending on what you got going on down there. And, you know, if you have a penis, you can actually access the million dollar point, the bulb of the inner penis through the perineum. So just, I mean, you know that because you're always asking me to press there. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Push here. (laughs) Push push this button. So yeah, if you just reach behind the balls and apply some pressure there, you're getting the spongy tissue of the inner bulb of the penis. So if you look at an image of the full penis, both external and internal, you'll see that it forms sort of a boomerang shape and boomerangs into the body and about a third of it is actually inside the body so even if you you know learn to deep throat or use your whole hands or go all the way in you're really only getting around say two-thirds of the penis because the inner penis is being missed so if you reach right behind the balls and kind of pulse right there or just press and release, or do some nice ovals, or hold some pressure, or take a toy. So my favorite, you know, just any sort of flat vibrating toy behind the balls can feel really good right there. Um, and that's how you're getting the inner penis. And they, they do make some rings as well that fit around the penis as well as against the inner part of the penis. So it goes around the base as well as vibrating against that million dollar mark. So there's one called the the Verge by WeVibe. So it's like a penis ring that is around the base it goes right around the balls and it vibrates against the perineum and you can kind of wear it in multiple positions now i guess these are more obvious erogenous zones like we also have the pucker that crinkly sensitive outer area of the butthole so just everything on the outside can feel so good and i always want to remind people that you don't have to go inside to enjoy the butt so much good stuff happens on the outside too so you can even like while you're having sex or while you're going down on your partner regardless of genital makeup or gender you can just gently kind of pulse your finger on the outside of the pucker. I think that's so incredibly hot. I think that Luna talked a lot about that during one of the recent podcasts. And it was really interesting because it was just exploring the outside, like using your hand, rubbing your knuckles. And I think it was Carlisle as well Mm. who mentioned just a little bit of lube on your knuckles and then playing around the butt, like the crack, the pucker, everything. The knuckles are a great way to start if you're newer to anal because a knuckle's not going to accidentally poke its way into the anus and start probing like aliens, whereas the fingertips can feel a bit more intimidating because, you know, you have to build that trust. So, uh, yeah, so the butt, uh, we talked a little bit about the nipples. You know, with the nipples, you can kind of tease by breathing warm air around the area until they're kind of begging for you to suck them in. You can slide your lips over the nipple and kind of twirl your tongue all around. You can curl your tongue around the under underside of the chest while you kind of run the backs of your hands down the side of the chest. You can just admire them. You can roll their nipples as lightly as possible between your thumb and your index or middle finger. You can very gently pinch and release, maybe with a little bit of lube. You can play with ice cubes or popsicles and then lick it all off. So many fun things to do with the nipples. And I guess while we're up there, I should talk a little bit about 
the nape of the neck and your ears. So there was one study that I found with, I think it had nearly 800 participants and people of all genders basically rate the nape of the neck and the ears as highly erotic with a high ability to facilitate sexual arousal. So do you like your ears like kissed and sucked? I don't know. Remember when you were young, you were always sticking your tongue in someone's ear. Do you remember that? Yeah, I never really did that. (laughs) Didn't have permission (laughs) from very many people. I remember sucking my finger and inadvertent or, you know, purposefully sticking it in people's ears. But that was not sexual. No. At all. A wet willy. Yeah, pretty much. So do you like that? Like, do you like a tongue in your ear? Mm, Not really. I think you don't do it. I'd be open to it. I hate a tongue in my ear. It just isn't doesn't get me going. But for a lot of people, they like it. Yeah, of course. I'm not. I'm not yucking somebody else's yum. I'm just saying, for me, it doesn't. I haven't had it yet where it's been great. That makes sense. You know, interestingly, the feet. We always talk about Mm. the feet as erogenous zones, and so despite the fact that the foot is a super popular fetish, and most of us, many of us, like having our feet rubbed. Um, The research actually shows that the feet are not particularly erotic or erogenous. Apparently, the feet tie with the kneecaps in terms of its capacity. (laughs) The kneecaps? Really? It sounds like something violent when you kneecap somebody. I guess so. No, but in terms of being touched, people rate the feet alongside the kneecaps, so not the hottest area. And so as we kind of go through these erogenous zones, what you see is that it could be the entire body. Like, oh, the small of the back. The what small about... of the back can be so sensitive. I've met so many folks who actually orgasm. Really? Oh, I shouldn't say so many, like six. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm saying that's pretty that's powerful to yeah. orgasm from the small, uh, having the small of your back kissed and licked and kind of like sucked on and swirled around. And some people will take a, a toy with some lube and just kind of go around that area. What about the inner thighs? Yeah, for because, me, that's my favorite. Yeah, I love the the tease and the playing with the inner thigh for sure. And then the other thing that I was just thinking about is doubling up on some of these things. If you're comfortable and you know what some what your partner likes, if I like, I know what you like, I'll start doing two or three of these things at the same time. You might not even notice because you're fixated on one of those three, but there have been circumstances where you've done something and you're doing something else and I'm just, it's too much. Do you know what I mean? In a good way. Like it's pushing me over. Overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's so true that we don't need to fixate on one thing. Like the reason I try and share some of the less common ones like the suprasternal notch and the philtrum is just to remind people to like explore the entire body. And so in terms of how to touch erogenous zones, there are, you know, any way that feels natural to you and that, you know, your partner seems to respond to makes sense. But I can share some techniques. Um, First and foremost, try touching only with the backs of your hands. Like if you're going to explore the entire body, try moving slowly with the backs of your fingertips. Now, I'm going to say this, slow down and be gentle. And then there are always going to be people who say, I don't like it slow. It makes me tired. When they're gentle, it tickles that's perfectly fine. Like your body, you know your body best, your partner knows their body best. So you just have to communicate, right? And talk about what you actually like or say, I like a little bit more pressure. If your partner says that what you're doing is tickling them, you because it's too gentle, you might want to try either an alternating technique or a grounding technique. So what I mean by that is let's say you are tracing the backs of your hands down the sides of their chest and that feels ticklish. So what you might want to do to ground is take your other hand 
and rub firmly against another body part. So maybe you place your hand on their chest and kind of hold them so that they feel grounded and close to you and connected, and then see if that sensation doesn't feel as ticklish. For some people that will work, for some people it won't. Another option is to take your hand and rub that area to create some warmth and connection first, so nice and firmly, and then you can play with the more gentle touch. So if you do run into the experience that something's too ticklish, think about alternating between firm and gentle touch. And then again, if you just don't like gentle touch, that's okay. You know, one of my favorite techniques is the breath kiss. And the breath kiss is taken from the Kama Sutra as a sensual approach to arouse the interest of a woman and prime her for sexual pleasure. However, of course, the same principles can be applied regardless of genital configuration and regardless of gender. And breath kisses basically involve licking your lips and breathing kisses over the surface of their skin without letting your lips touch. So you're getting as close as you can, breathing those gentle kisses, but not making physical contact, right? So this is really gentle. You're not blowing out a candle. You're not blowing on the dice for good luck. It is like just this gentle, purposeful, slow exhale. And you can do it over the entire body from head to toe, over the collarbone, over their shoulder blades, down their sides, as you said, their inner thighs, right? Mm. Like before yep. oral, if you can just give some breath kisses to the thighs, the inner thighs, maybe kind of around their treasure tra trail, just to build anticipation, right? So we, I've talked about this many times. Of course, your dopamine levels are higher when you're anticipating pleasure than when you're actually receiving it. They double when that pleasure becomes unpredictable. So you can try breath kisses. You can also try the reverse trace. So this is where you trace your fingers or the tops of your hands across the body slowly and maybe, you know, you work down the back or something like that. And then after that gentle touch, you're going to go up in the other direction with kind of a, a firmer touch with your entire palm. Or you can do the wet trace. So the wet trace or the liquid trace is my, my favorite technique. So this is where you either use your tongue or a finger covered in lube to create like a wet path. So I'm doing it to my hand right now and it feels so sensual. So you create a wet path and then you open your mouth and you breathe warm, gentle air over that wet path you've created. So imagine this on the inner thighs, over the collarbone, down the sides of the chest, over their shoulders, over their shoulder blades. And so you can use a finger that's luby, all luby, or you with some oil, and that'll create a nice wet path, or you can just use your tongue, and it could be a single path, it could be multiple paths with multiple fingers, it could be an S shape, it could be a figure eight, but the idea is you create something wet and then you use warm breath. And then if you want to play with temperature play, you can purse your lips to also go over it with cooler air. Because if you open your mouth wide, like you're going to get warmer air. And if you purse your lips, you're going to get cooler air. I feel like that would be a really effective technique after like for me if if you're already worked up when the skin is even more sensitive and then you do that and that tracing the idea that if something's really if you enjoy it on the way down the anticipatory feeling of knowing that it's coming back right really yes. a lot of fun 
I love it. I love it. We actually have a ton more techniques in in our book, in The Ultimate Guide to Seduction and Foreplay. So I do recommend people check that out. It's back in stock in the big box stores, but it's Marla, my writing partner, is also selling it on her site, Velvet Lips. And in Canada, you can get it at goodforher.com. But, um, you know, we go through all these different techniques in detail. Maybe I'll share a couple more. I like the figure eights technique where you just kind of take the palms of your hands in sweeping figure eight patterns across the body and you don't avoid their hot spots but you also don't spend any extra time on them. I also like the two-handed heart so you're sort of just using your palms or your fingers in a heart shape to glide along their body. I like the hard soft stroke where you kind of use your knuckles to pull in one direction and then kind of a barely there palm in the other direction and i think i think maybe we'll stop there i feel like that's a, a lot. whole lot of techniques yeah not to mention your video courses your books everything has all of these if people like visual or i should mention that yeah i have a couple of video courses available at happiercouples.com on oral sex and a whole bunch of different techniques where i walk you through them and the models demonstrate so you can also check those out they're called mind-blowing oral we've got the clitoral edition and mind-blowing oral pleasure penis so yeah i hope that you know this conversation encourages you to take a bit more time with the body tonight or tomorrow or whenever you get to it, whether it's with a partner or even by yourself. I think there's so much power in discovering your erogenous zones when you're on your own. Like for example, because that left nipple of yours is so sensitive, how did you discover it? Because you couldn't suck it yourself. (laughs) Oh, believe you me. Wish I could have. I don't know how I found out. It, It was just during sex. I I realized that feels real good all the time, every time. So it's just a go-to. Like, did you tell someone to suck it or did they just, I just can't remember even if you told me or if I did it. Yeah, I don't. It's been so many years. I don't know. It was just, this works, don't stop, right? (laughs) The other techniques and the other areas, I think my problem is, is that we just, I just don't take enough time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that if you really set aside the time or have the time, if you're one of those people who's just great at finding the time, to really focus in, you can explore and have fun, whether it's with your hand or with different techniques or with these toys. But I feel for me, it's just been so rushed that I'd like to take some time, just slow it down. Yeah, we should really do it. Yeah. We definitely haven't prioritized. I would say we haven't prioritized this over the last year, like the discovering. We just kind of do what works because, Mm -hmm. I don't know, we're tired and just want to get off. (laughs) (laughs) I, I can tell you that I really like the the small of my back played with, like when I'm really, really aroused. So again, when we talk about erogenous zones, it's not, oh, touch me here and I'll have an orgasm. It's just mm-hmm. that my orgasm will be more spread across my body mm-hmm. and, and more intense if you touch these areas. So the small of my back, when you touch my face, like my face really tingles during sex. Um, one thing we didn't talk about is, you know, when you're touching these body parts, do you look them in the eye, right? Or do you blindfold them? Because for me, there's a real intensity when we look each other in the eye. Sometimes it honestly feels like too much. I feel overwhelmed. I feel a bit submissive and I just want to close my eyes. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, I, I guess thinking about it now, yeah, I, I do know that you have a, and, and there's an intensity when I look at you in your eyes. Yeah, like just thinking about it is a little <laughs> unsettling in a good way. So, all right. Thanks for, thanks for sharing about your nipple. I don't know if I had the option to share that it's kind of thrown in the hot seat. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> but I was, I'm was i always happy to share. Your game, your game. Yeah, for sure. Folks, hope you take some time to explore, discover your own erogenous zones, maybe avoid 
your erogenous zones. You know if somebody loves something, you can build that anticipation and desire by ignoring that area for a little bit and playing games with it. You could be playing with power even, uh, but I'll leave you to it. So I hope you take some time to explore your body or explore your partner's body today and this upcoming week and weekend. want to give a big thank you to iobatoys.com. Again, you can check out their really, really cool Oh My G. They also have a new toy called Oh My C, but I'm waiting to get it and try it before I talk about it. And you can use code Dr. Jess to save 30% today I-O-B-A toys.com or it'll be linked in the show notes and linked on my Instagram as well. And please do check out this new program with TSC City TV Friday nights at midnight. I am so excited to be hosting this program. So excited that Luna Matadas is going to be our very first guest and uh, I think people will be pleasantly surprised by some of the toys we'll be featuring as well as the topics we'll be covering. So thanks so much folks wherever you're at. Have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.